Okay, so we're up to uh, the bottom line of Kufi Dalim Bezi Bailuhu. So, just to pick up from where we left off yesterday, we we only believe a woman if she says her husband dies. If we have, if we believe that she's telling the truth and that she saw him die. During wartime, we don't because if she says that he died at a battlefield, maybe she saw him get shot, but she she had to run, and we're afraid that she didn't. She she made presumptions. So the Gemara is like this. Iboilo, here's the kasha. I'll read the Gemara. I'll explain. Mali the shaker. Go to the next page. Dibay Amr Sham Ba'olam. Idil Makivin Dechzika Amr Bitadami Vlayasi. Mali shaker Marichiskase. The case is like this. What if a woman comes to court and tells us? You have to realize this is back then. They didn't have you know computers, smartphones, texting information. There was no spreading of information. They didn't know there was a war going on. She comes in and says there's a war, and then says her husband dies during battlefield. So the question is, do we say, Mali l'shaker, meaning, do we say, we normally don't believe her when there's wartime, but she only, she's the one who told us that it's wartime. So it's like a migu, right? Migu means that she, could, she didn't have to tell us. So therefore, the fact that she told us means that she's telling the truth, because if she didn't want to tell the truth, she could have just said, she could have just lied and just said, he died, he died stam with a heart attack. It's not like we knew there was a battlefield. She's the one who told us about the battlefield. So therefore we should believe her because she's the one who introduced. It's like Migu. Migu means that if you tell us incriminating information and then you tell us a heter, we'll believe you. Why? Because you didn't have to tell us the first part without the second part. You could have just skipped it. So like if someone says, oh, I stole something but I returned it, that would be a Migu because normally if we know you stole it, then you say you returned it. We're not going to believe you because of course you're going to say you returned it. But you're the one who said you stole it. You didn't have to tell us that at all. So to over here, she's the one who introduced the the the, the battlefield element with Bilber. Or the Gemara says, no, it's very it's a very rational disagreement, and that is the reason why we don't believe a woman when she says there's a battle is not because we think she's lying, it's because we think she's making presumptions and she didn't see him actually die. We never think a woman's lying. We just think that she's making presumptions. That presumption still exists. If she says there was a battlefield, then she says he died. It's not that we actually think a woman's lying. We're thinking that she saw him get shot, and she's extrapolating, uh, making assumptions. Once you think that a woman's making an assumption, that, that's a problem. So if, if, meaning, do we say that Migu helps? Then the Gemara's response, or perhaps not, because the whole reason why Migu helps is when you think she's lying, and this removes the concern of lying. We're not thinking she's lying here. We, we just don't think she's, she knows that he died. That's the question. So, Tashima. The Gemara tells us that if a woman comes and says that we were in the house or we're in a cave and someone lit the cave of our house on fire. That's what she says. She says, I got out and my husband died. We do not believe her. Now, wait a minute. Isn't this very similar? She's introducing the battlefield. In this case, the battlefield is the fire. She's saying that she survived and her husband didn't. We don't believe. So you see that even though she introduced the, the cause of death, and the chaos that's with, this, with the cause of death, we still don't believe her. So if we don't believe her by the fire in the cave, we probably don't believe her by the battlefield. So the Gemara says, no. The Gemara says, The answer is no. The case, the reason why we don't believe her by the, fire, by the cave is because within her testimony, she's saying she never saw him die. I mean, the case of the cave is, Rashi explains that, it's not that she just says, oh, there was a fire and I got out and he didn't. It's more than that. She was saying there was a fire and with all the smoke, I, I don't know where he went. I got out and no one else left the cave. 
So because within her testimony itself, she never said she saw the body, she's making a presumption we don't believe her. But in the case of the battlefield, where she actually says she, she saw him die, maybe we should believe her. That's, that's why the Gemara rejects him. Okay, one more source. Tashima. Naflu aleinu the Gemara just uh, out to, to very quickly to to, to Chazer. Okay, but don't don't touch the table. Don't touch the table because oh, we're still charged. Um, the Gemara said yesterday that if a woman says that her husband died a battlefield, we don't believe her. The question is, what if she told us that there was a fire, that there was a battle? Meaning, we didn't know that there was a war there. She's the one who introduced the war concept. So do we say, if she introduced it, we should believe her in everything that she said or no? Once she said there's a war, then it goes back to the same rules that we don't believe her. So Gemara says, Tashem must bring a proof. This is eight lines into the Kuf Tesvav Aleph, eight lines into the page. Naflu aleinu avikachavim. She says that we were attacked by Goyim. Naflu aleinu listim, we were attacked by robbers. Humeis v'nitzalti. V'nitzalti. He died, but I was saved. So, yes. Eight lines into the page. So she says that she was attacked by Goyim and she was saved, but her husband died. Nemena, she's believed. Oh, so you see, why is she believed? Because she introduced the thing about being attacked by Goyim. So therefore, we, we say the same thing by a battlefield. So the Gemara says, no. The Gemara says, no. The reason why she's believed by the Goyim when they're being attacked by Goyim is different than a battlefield. The concern with the battlefield, again, is not that she's lying, it's that she had to run, and she never actually saw him die. And even if she claims that she saw, she, she saw him die, we don't believe her, because statistically, most people have to, don't, you know, at a battlefield, don't have you know, the ability to just sit there. Why is it that when she says that they were attacked by Goyim, she's believed? The reason is because, by Goyim, when you're attacked by marauders or Goyim, women will stay with their husband and not leave because she knows deep down that if uh, it's called Isha Klizayin Aleha, which means that um, they're not going to harm her. They're not going to kill her, not, not harm her. They're not going to kill her because they will keep her alive uh, because they find her attractive. So the average woman is not afraid of being killed. She's maybe afraid of being attacked. So because she's not afraid of being killed, she won't leave her husband. Therefore, if she says that they were attacked by Goyim and she survived and her husband didn't, we believe her because we actually believe that she was there till the very end. She wouldn't leave her husband as opposed to a battlefield where she's got to run because of bullets. But when it comes to when it comes to um, um, being attacked by Goyim, she'll stay till the end. That's what the Gemara says. Oh my God, this is a different level annoying. Okay, the Gemara continues like this. Hahu. Okay, that's the end of that discussion. We don't we don't have an answer. New discussion. Hahu Gavra. We said we said before that if a woman says that their house was burnt burned down and she survived and her husband did it, we do not believe her. So the Gemara says, there was a certain man, it's very sad, after the night of the Chuppah, they were at the Sheva Brachas tent, whatever. Itlinura Beganoni, a fire erupted by the tent. And Amrlahu Tibisu, and as she's running out, she's screaming, Chazugavra, Chazugavra, my husband's on fire, my husband's on fire. It's actually very interesting because like, it's very rare that the Gemara actually like, writes down like regular speech. She was screaming, save my husband, save my husband. Asu Chazugavra, after the fire was put out, they found a person there, but he was not recognizable because of the fire. 
The shadi uposte didei the shadia. They also sound saw an arm there, like separated from a body, an arm that was tried. I don't know why it's necessary. Just a ma'aseh shahaya. There was an arm there. And it's not. It's not important for the story according to Rashi. According to some Rishonim it is, but according to Rashi, it's not. Okay, so the question is, do we believe her? Now, we said before that if a woman comes into court and says that there was a fire, and she got out, she says she got out and her husband didn't, we do not believe her. So over here, she said that there was a fire, she got out, her husband didn't, so we probably don't believe her. It's, a, it's an incredibly similar similar case. So the Gemara says, Sav was not didn't want to believe her. By the way, I, there's a body in there, but it's not recognizable. So Rav Chiyabar says, this is similar to what we had before, that a woman comes in and says that there was a fire, she got out, we don't believe her. Meaning we don't believe that her husband didn't get out, maybe her husband escaped. So Rav Chiyabar didn't want to believe her. Similar to the case of a woman showing up to court and saying that a fire erupted in the house, and she was saved and her husband died. We don't believe her, so you don't believe her here. Amar Rava, Rava says no. We don't believe her because she's Adafah, or do you think she's lying? We don't think she's lying, we think she's making a presumption. She didn't see him leave, so she assumed that he died. Maybe he got out, and he's, uh, we'll see why he's not showing up. So, the Gemara says, so the Gemara says like this, um, I, I, Rava disagrees, and I, I think you see from this that when it comes to Agunas, it goes by probability more than anything else. We're going by probability. So Rava says like this, I'm a Rava, no, me dummy, you can't compare the two cases. You know, if it dies, it dies. To quote a Rocky movie, if it dies, it dies. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Uh, let me just see how much percentage it has left. 17%? All right, it'll die. I'm a Rava, me dummy. How do you compare this to? First of all, in this case, she's screaming as it's happening, my husband's inside, my husband's inside. So, first of all, right off the bat, it's not... In the case... In the case of the wedding, she's... It's not, it's not comparable to a woman who just showed up and said, oh, there was a fire, whatever. She's... As it's happening, they're seeing her scream, my husband's inside, my husband's inside. First of all. So, the story is a little, a little more credible. And number two... They found a body in, in, in the thing. So it's not, like, it's not like they show up and there's nobody there. So you say, oh, maybe the husband ran off. They found a charred body in the building. So, you know, one plus one equals two. So, so that's Ravchia. So you have a Machlaikis, Ravchia and, and Rava. So for Achia Baravin, so why did Achia Baravin not accept this? This is pretty rational. They find a body in the in the fire. Who who else could it be? So the Gemara says, "Gavra Charucha Deshadia Ema Inish Achrina Asil Atzule." Perhaps a fireman went in to save them, and Echil to Naira that fireman uh, died from the flames, and that's the body that you found. Upasid the other Deshadinur Itzel, and that was his arm that came off in the fire. Again, it's not important. The arm is just that Kachava. So where's the husband then, right? Where's the husband? The body is the fireman. The fireman. So then, so then, if Rechiv Aravin believes that, so where's the husband? No, what's the hand? Whatever, the fireman's hand. It doesn't matter. So where's the where's the husband then? The answer is Isalid ban Muma Umachem Skisufa Azulva Arakla Alma. Perhaps he was um, hurt in the fire, mutilated, and he's embarrassed. He doesn't. He's embarrassed of how he looks, so he doesn't want to show up. So that's what Chibar Ravan's take, and Rava says no. So it's interesting, of, you're already seeing that the process of Agunas is like, it's not just statistics, it's, it's, it's probabilities. It's, but it's more, like we would never apply such strict optics, opinions to 
It's very interesting. Well, you see, it's 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 sort of, sort of opposites. That Rava's Rava's just saying, like, listen, it's probably the fire, husband, so it's probably the husband. Rechiva Rava's like, listen, you ever saw the husband? Is uh, is it possible that he ran off? It's possible that he ran off. So he maybe he ran off, and she's an Asha Sish. It's just interesting. I don't I don't have a good read on on how they looked at it, but you're already seeing that it's an interesting <laughs> process. Let's keep going. Um, so we said that if a woman comes in during a wartime and says, during a battlefield, says that my husband died, we don't believe her because we think that she made a assumption. What if instead of the woman in Eid Echad comes forward? One witness that's a man. Is that different? So the Gemara says, Do we say that in Eid Echad is believed because we don't think he would lie by something that eventually will become revealed and he won't lie in this case? Meaning, that we assume that he won't lie. Meaning like this, do we say that a, a, a woman... Do we say that 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 in Eid is believed because he's not going to lie? In this case, he's not going to lie. He has nothing. He's, he has no reason to lie. Or do we say no? The reason why in Eid is believed is because he's relying deep down on the fact that the woman's also going to investigate. And because we don't believe the woman, we don't believe the Eid So basically, is an Eid power based on an extension of the wife's belief, or is it an independent belief? That's the Gemara Shaila. Um, let me see. If Eid Echad comes and says that the guy died. Yeah. The question is, why, why do we believe him? No, do we, do we believe him? Do we believe him? In, at wartime. Meaning, an Eid Echad comes forward and says that the husband died during wartime. Do we believe? Um, yeah. So, the Machokis is... One second. Yeah, uh, one second. It basically, it's like this. We don't believe the wife because we assume that she'll make uh, assumptions. Do we assume an Eid Echad is going to be making assumptions as well? Or no? That's basically the Shiloh. Is an Eid Echad's belief an extension of the wife's belief? And if we don't believe the wife during wartime, we don't believe the Eid Echad? Or no? The reason why we don't believe the wife is because she'll make presumptions, because she wants to... Re- Deep down, she's, she's got a lot more invested in this. So she'll make assumptions, she won't make assumptions. And Eid Echad doesn't care. He's just a guy who saw what happened. He's not going to care. There's more reason to believe him than, than the wife. Or no. That, that's the Gemara's question. That, 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 that's the fundamentally the Shiloh. Um, <clears throat> now, by, by the way, you have to realize also it's a little bit different. In, uh, uh, the woman, what's the worst case scenario if she made assumptions? Right? No one thinks she's lying. Worst case scenario, she remarried when she shouldn't have. But from her perspective, the alternative is a lifelong as being an aguna, right? <coughs> That's very scary. So you understand why a woman would make a presumption. Because the alternative, if she, meaning she sees the husband get shot, right? She technically never saw him die. So she has two choices in front of her. She can just say, well, I never saw him die, so I'm an aguna forever. Or I'm going to testify because I'll be honest with you, I'm sure he's dead. And I don't want to be in Aguna forever. So because there's that possibility, we're not going to believe the wife. And Eid Echa doesn't care. On the contrary, he'd rather not lie because what does he gain from it? Or no. Or do we say Eid Echa's ability is, is also based on that, 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 the fact that the wife will, he, he knows the wife is going to investigate and if the wife can't investigate in this case, meaning it's 
it's a sort of shaila of how, how much power did Chazal give to an Eid Echad. Was it independent of the wife's ability to check or not? It's an interesting perspective. So the Gemara says, so basically trying to figure out if an Eid Echad says the husband died during a war, do we believe? Okay. So the Gemara says like this, Tashima, Amar Rav Akiva, Rav Akiva says that when I went to Nardo to, to calculate making a leap year, I found a man named Nechemya, so he told Rav Akiva, I heard that Neret Yisrael, the only one who will allow one witness to testify about a husband dying, is Rav Yudam and Baba. This is not during wartime, this is in general, right? In general, if one witness comes forward and says, I saw a man get a heart attack and die, right? Do we believe him? Yeah, right? Eid Echad comes forward and says, this is what I saw, we believe. The Shaila is during wartime, but in general, we believe. Nechemia Ishtali said to Rav Akiva, I heard that Neretz Yisrael, they don't accept a single testimony, the witness of a single testimony, except for Rav Yudem and Baba. I heard he's the only one. Which is, by the way, it's not, that's not how we paskin. We paskin, everyone accepts it. But he says, I heard the only one who was cool with it was Rav Yudem and Baba. Not during wartime, just in general. So Rav Akiva responded as this. V'namti um, loy kena dvarim. So Amrli emr lehem mishmi. So Vikiva says, this is what I told him. You know that this land of Eretz Yisrael is being attacked. It was during the war times, right? The Romans. But this is what I've accepted from We do accept this single testimony. Now the question is, what did Rav Akiva mean to say that this is, it's, it, that Eretz Yisrael is, is, is being besieged? Right? Again, they're talking about whether you accept a single testimony, the testimony of a single witness. So he said, I heard that the only one, I heard the only one who's cool with it was, um, was Rav Yudam and Baba. So Rav Akiva responded, Rav Akiva responded, tell the Rabbanim in, in, in Eretz Yisrael, in my name, that it's, there's besieging, there's, it's being attacked, but we accept one testimony. What does it mean being attacked? Maybe Rav Akiva meant to say like this, even when there's a war, we accept one testimony. The single Eid Echad. Meaning Rabbi Kiva is saying that even when there's a war, we accept Eid Echad. So you see that we accept Eid Echad during, during a wartime. So Gemara says, um, uh, What did Rabbi Kiva mean when he said that we're, we're, that, that it's, we're currently at war? What does it matter? Like, who cares if this currently war? Meaning, Maybe Rav Akiva meant to say, we accept Eid Echad, even though it's a wartime, we accept Eid Echad. So this answers our question before. Our question was, do we accept Eid Echad during wartime? The answer is yes. So the Gemara says, no, that's not Rav Akiva meant at all. I'll tell you how he didn't say Rav Akiva did not mean that we accept Eid Echad during wartime. What Rav Akiva meant to say, we accept Eid Echad during peacetime. Why don't I go back and tell them myself? Because there's a war, I can't travel. When he said there's a war and we accept Eid Echad, he didn't mean we accept Eid Echad during war. He was saying we accept Eid Echad. And the reason why I'm sending you as a shliach and I can't go there is because there's a war, I can't end up going, yeah? Because there's a war, I can't end up going myself. So the Gemara says, The Gemara says, if he, if he means to say that we accept Eid Echad during war, then why is he saying there's a war here? He just say whenever there's a war. This is what I'm meant to say. 
You know there's a war, so I can't travel with my family to tell you this. So therefore, I'm sending you through a shliach. We accept the edus of one witness. So we're back to our original question. We do not have a source of do we accept Eid Echad during wartime? We don't know. So the Gemara brings one more attempt at a raya. So Toshima, Maisa B'Shnei Tamid The story goes with two Tamid there were two Rabbanim who were with Abba Yosi ben Simoy on a boat. Vitava, and the boat drowned. So these two Tamidah Chachamim died. Okay, so these two witnesses, these two Rabbanim died, they were drowned. And Rebbe allowed their wives to remarry based on the testimony of witnesses. Now, wait a minute. Right, water, right, drowning is similar to war, right? What's the issue with war? Why is it that we don't accept a woman when it's wartime? Is because there are presumptions. You got to run. You can't take the time to go see. When there's a boat drowning, a boat, you know, drowning, it's a similar problem. You're seeing people drown around you. You can't just stand around to look. You got to, you got to swim and get out of there. So these two rabbanim drowned. Seemingly, they didn't see the bodies, but they just, I guess they looked back and no one was coming. So it's similar to war. They didn't actually see it, so it's, it's that presumption area of war. Rebbe allowed their, them to, their wives to remarry based on the testimony of win, women. Women have the status of Eid Echad. So we start with the Shiloh. Do we accept Eid Echad during war? So we don't have war and Eid Echad, but we have water, which is like war, and we have women, which is like Eid Echad. So if you put it together, the answer is we accept Eid Echa during war because we accept women during drowning, which is like Eid Echa during war. That's the Gemara says. So the Gemara says, So you see that we accept the Eidus of women, we accept the Eidus of Eid Echa during war because we accept the Eidus of women during the drowning. So the Gemara says like this, here's the problem. The story is not exactly what you thought. What do you think the story is? If you're treating this drowning like a war, it means the story is that the people drowned, they never saw the bodies come out, they're making a presumption, like war, and we're accepting the edus of women that they drowned, so you see that we accept Eidecha during wartime. Gemara says it can't be, I'll tell you why. We'll get to this in a few dafim. When people say that someone drowned, do we accept edus? Let's say two witnesses come forward and say the guy drowned. Do, do we accept and when they say they drowned, obviously they didn't see the body. It's not like they pulled the body out. It means that we saw them and no, no one came up. So let's say two witnesses. Forget about Eidach. Two witnesses, Mamish, come forward and say, we saw the guy drown. Do we believe him? The rule is, it depends where. If they say that they drowned in a lake, yes. But if they say they drowned in the ocean, no. I'll tell you why. When you have a body of water that you're able to see the end of it, so yeah, so when you see like a, a, like a lake or something where there's, you see the beginning and you see the end. So if a guy says that they drowned, they know that he didn't swim his way out because they're like, we see everything. But in ocean where there's no, um, there's no beaches around, it's just as far as the eye can see. It's counterintuitive. They, they, it's counterintuitive, but because it's maim she'en soif, which means water that has no end, you can't definitively say he didn't come out the other end because you can't see the other end. So when it's Mayim She'en Lahem Saif, where you don't see the end of it, you actually don't believe the Edus because 
it, you can't definitively say. It's not like you say, listen, I looked around, he didn't come out. You don't know that because maybe he kept swimming. It's, it's, a, it's a weird, it's a counterintuitive concept that we'll get to later on. I'll just, I'll see if Art's going to describe Maimsha and Lemsayf. So the, the Gemara says like this, the Gemara rejects this proof. The Gemara rejects the proof like this. Vitizbara, you're telling me that they accepted the drowning witnesses that were based on women. The problem is, that was called Mayim Sheim Lusayf. Article describes as a body of water so large one cannot see from his vantage point all four shores. Thus, be certain that the person who fell into it did not emerge at some distant point. So maybe he's swimming, and he's swimming all the way out, and he got out. And you can't say he didn't because you don't see the end. So the case is, if that's the case, if it was oceans... Then how do you accept women anyway? How do you you don't accept two witnesses? So what's the case? So the Gemara says, So what's the case? Come on, go to the next page. The answer is the cases where they extracted the bodies. They pulled the bodies out. And because they had been underwater, they were distorted a little bit. But the, the women gave simonim, that those were the men. And that's why they accepted the testimony. So it's not a good proof at all. We're trying to figure out if you accept the testimony of one witness during war, presumptions. This is where they actually saw the bodies come out. So it's not a riot at all. Uh, Gemara does not answer that, uh, that kasha. Okay, fine. Vaitim. New story, which seems unrelated, but kind of is related. I'll tell you outside how it's related before we get to it. This is a case where two men were on a boat. The boat drowned, sank. It was bothering me for like 10 minutes. I'm like, the boats don't drown. The boat sank, and the two men drowned. They pulled the bodies up, let's say a few days later. They were a little distorted. Rashi and Tysus explained, distorted enough that they couldn't recognize the faces, but not so distorted that there were no simonim left. Let's say a simon is that he has a birthmark on his arm, whatever it is. So they pulled the bodies out, and the women gave simonim, and they allowed to remarry. Now, isn't it possible that these two men happened to be other two men that drowned in a similar spot in the, in the water, and the two men that actually were on the boat originally swam off? Is it possible technically, but incredibly unlikely, and therefore we're going to go with the fact that if two men drowned in this spot, and two days later they found two men in that spot, they're probably the same men. Now this is relevant to the following Shiloh. The Gemara says like this, So there was one man who left sesame seeds by his friend to watch. So I said, hey, do me a favor, I have a box of sesame seeds, Gavin, I'm keeping it in your basement. Okay. Amrlu Havli, few days later, I come and I say, I'd like my sesame seeds back. So you said, you already took them. Um, and I said, but there, I left a box of sesame seeds in your corner. And there is a box of sesame seeds in the corner of his basement. So the Gemara says, what did the guy respond? No, 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 you took yours. These are mine. I happen to replace them in the same spot. So that's what's happening here. So, so I, I said that I'd like my sesame seeds back, and you said, you took them. But what, I, I left 10 pounds in the corner. And we measure. There are 10 pounds in the corner. You say, no, no, those, you already took them. Those happen to be mine. I happen to also leave 10 pounds in the corner. So the Gemara says, so, so who do we believe? So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, 
So Chizda said, well, uh, what, what's the, the question is, do we say, is it likely that I took the exact same amount of sesame seeds and you replaced them? So it's very similar to the, the drowning case. Two men drowned on that spot. Is it possible that these two men that they found a week later are different two men? Is it possible? Yes. But is it likely? No. So what do you say? Two men drowned. These are the same two men. So two over here, 10 pounds of sesame seeds, 10 pounds of sesame seeds, same 10 pounds. So you understand what I'm saying? Meaning most likely we don't assume that it was replaced in the exact same spot. It's most likely the same sesame seeds that were left. If these are the same two men that drowned on that spot, then it's probably the same sesame seeds that were left on that spot. He's making a claim against in the opposite. What do you mean? In the drowning, who's making the claim that it's other people? Okay. We're making an assumption. Here we have one. Yeah, but 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 true. But you, if you're a judge and you just look at it, they both agree. He agrees that that there were ten pounds there. He's just saying that they're they were replaced by an, a different ten pounds. And the question is, is that likely? So by drowning, we don't say right. By drowning, we don't say the two men that drowned are different two men. What do we say? Two men drowned. Two men found. Probably same guys. So ten pounds of sesame seeds. Ten pounds of sesame seeds. Probably same sesame seeds. That's the Gemara's assumption. The Gemara says no. The Gemara says, The Gemara says, how do you compare the two? By the case of the man, there is Simonim. Remember? It's not just that they found two men in the same spot that drowned. They had Simonim. So because... Did you... Oh, okay. So the point is... In the case of the drowning, you're not just relying on the statistical probability. There are simonim. Over here, what are the simonim by the sesame seeds? I, you'll say, the sesame seeds, the simonim is the, sal- the pounds, right? I said there were 10 pounds and there are 10 pounds. Not good enough. Maybe you, you got guessed well. You looked at it and you're like, it looks like 10 pounds. You took it like at a carnival. You took a guess and you were right. The point is it's not comparable. By the, the people that drown, there's simonim. Over here, there's no simonim. Therefore, we don't, if, if we don't necessarily assume that it's the same sesame seeds. The Gemara continues. Okay, very quickly. What's the shaila over here when it comes to the sesame seeds? Again, here's the case. I leave 10 pounds of sesame seeds in your basement for you to watch. A week later, I say, I'd like it back. And he said, you already took them. And I said, there's 10 pounds over there. And they're like, yeah, those are mine. And they're like, okay, so you're saying that I took them you replace the same amount, the exact same spot, the exact same size. And they're like, yes. And the question is, do we believe that? Well, the Gemara says, basically, the question is, when you find contents, do you assume that they were swapped out? Right? It's a similar type of shayla. So the Gemara says, here's the, here's the thing. Do we, are we assumed, are we concerned that people swap out items? Because over here, you're saying that you swapped out the sesame seeds, that originally they were mine. You swapped them out for yours. Same size, same spot. Here's the shayla. I walk in, I find a, a jar that says tough on it. And that was historically meant truma. Does that mean that the stuff inside is truma? Or truma was originally stored in there and it was swapped out. I mean that, that you know, so the Gemara says, we're not concerned about swapping out. Why? But not. the Mishnah says, Matza Kli Vikasavlov Kuf. If you find a Kli and you don't know what the contents are, but it has a kuf on it, so you assume it's a carbon. Kuf was always for carbon. So you assume the contents have the status of a carbon. Mem was meiser. Dalid was demua. It was demai, meaning that it was uh, not... Uh, um, it, it was demua means that it was a mixture of truma and non-truma. Demai with an ayin is a mixture of truma and non-truma. Tess 
That's Tavel. Tov is Truma. And the reason why they didn't write it out is because this was a time period where um, the Romans were outlawing a lot of Jewish practices and they couldn't write tough because if they wrote tough, they couldn't write truma because then the, the, the Romans would know. It was like a Hanukkah dreidel situation. What do you see? You see that if you find a jar that has a tough on it, the stuff inside is truma. I, why aren't we concerned that maybe it was originally truma but it was swapped out? The answer is we don't concern about swapping out. So why by the sesame seeds do you believe that they're swapping out? So the Gemara says, I'm really revealing Ravashi. Okay, wait, wait a minute. You're saying we don't concern about swapping out? Go to the next case of that Brisa. Rav Yaisi, what does Rav Yaisi say? Rav Yaisi said a step further. Not only do you find a jar that has a tuff, you find a jar that says truma on it. The contents are not truma. Why? Because you assume it might have been truma originally. But now, the truma contents were swapped out. So you see that Rav Yaisi does believe they're swapping out. So you're, so you're trying to figure out whether really, the price itself has a machlekes about it. So the Gemara says, what's the answer? The answer is, everyone assumes that there's swapping out. Meaning, the case of the sesame seeds is a fair assumption. I left 10 pounds there, I find 10 pounds there, but it's possible that it's a different 10 pounds. Food contents are swapped out. It's possible. I, why is it that when you find a jar that has a tough on it, do you assume that the contents are true? Why aren't you concerned that people would swap it out? The answer is, over here the machlaikis is, the one opinion says, normally we're afraid, we're concerned that it's swapped out, but not in this case. Why? Because if it was swapped out, you would have erased the tough. Right? You put t- a tough means that it's truma, and you put truma seeds in, in this jar. A couple days later, I find the same amount of truma seeds. What does the one opinion say? It's truma. Why? Because it's in a truma jar. I thought we're concerned about swapping out. The answer is, yeah, generally, but if you'd swap it out, wouldn't you erase the tough for truma? And the other responds, no. Uh, first of all, maybe he forgot. Maybe he wanted to erase the tough for truma, but he forgot. Or perhaps he doesn't want to erase the tough because he wants to use the tough later on. But it is it is actually different seeds, and therefore it's not truma. Okay. Um, last discussion, and that has to do with again, it's the similar shaila of are we concerned of swapping out, or do we just go with right? You have the two dead bodies, and do we say, listen? Um, yeah, the, the two dead bodies, right? In the case of the two dead bodies, we say two people drowned here, two people found here, probably the same people, not swapped out. But the sesame seeds, we say 10 pounds there, ten, uh, you find 10 pounds later, it could be an entirely different set of 10 pounds of sesame seeds. So the Gemara has the following Shiloh. Yitzchak Reish Galusa Barachte de Rav Bibi. Yitzchak Reish Galusa was the nephew of Rav Bibi. He was traveling from Kurtava to Aspamia. Now, while he was traveling, he died. Shachiv, he died. So he died while he was traveling. Now, if you have to realize, when someone dies when they travel, um, they try to send word back to the town that the wife could remarry. Now, a lot of times, they don't have pictures, they don't have even witnesses that know this. So they'll just pay someone to take a letter that says, Yitzchak Reish Galusa, nephew of Rav Bibi, died. Take it there. Now he shows up, he just hands it to the person down. He doesn't know who these people are. It's not like he recognizes the guy. It's not like he recognizes the wife. He's just a shliach. So that's what happened. So they sent through a messenger. Yitzchak Reish Galusa, 
the nephew of Rav Bibi, was traveling for Kurtava Tasfami and he died. Now the question is, is that enough for the person to remarry? Meaning, Yitzchak Reish Galus's wife, can she remarry? You say, it's pretty good. Maybe there are actually two Yitzchak Reish Galusas that are both the nephews of a man named Rav Bibi, and they were both traveling from Aspamia to Kurtava, and they both died. And maybe this is the wrong one. That's the question. Do we say, what's the likelihood? Or do you say, well, it's possible. Someone shows up in New York, even though it's a pretty obscure name, but it's possible that there were two of them. So the Gemara says, Are we concerned that there's two men named Yitzchak Reish Galusa, who are both the nephews of Rabibi, who are both traveling from Aspamia to Kurtava, and therefore this is not enough, and you actually need a witness who could like recognize the body, or you say, no, listen, come on, uh, come on. That's the Shiloh. So I'm Rabaya Chashinan. Abaya says, no good, you cannot remarry based on that. We're concerned that there's two Yitzchaks. Rav Amarle Chashinan, Rav says, we're not concerned. Says, Machlegis Abayan Rav. And by the way, Rashi explains, it's not like we know there's two Yitzchaks in the town. It's not like, listen, it's not like, I never use your name, even though your name is a very generic name, a generic Jewish name. Uh, uh, Moshe Friedman, I'm sure in Brooklyn, there's multiple Moshe Friedmans. That's not what's happening here. Yitzchak, Reish Galusa, the nephew of Rav Bibi, was an obscure name, and we don't know of two of them. Still, Abayah says it's a problem. Maybe there was. That's Abayah says. Rav says, no, come on. That's a machlekes. So I'm Rabaya, Minami, Rabaya says, let me prove to you, we'll end with this. Abaya says, how do I, I'll, I'll prove it to you that, that, that we're concerned of two of the people with the same name. Because he says like this, they found the get in Nardo, because of, and it said on the get the following, next to the city of Kolonia, Ano Adrulunya Nardoi. I Adrulunya of Nardoi. So Adrulunya was his name, which is obviously a very obscure name. I Adrulunya of Narda, Potris Vitachis is Polanis Itise. I divorced my wife, so and so. Okay. So they find the get. Is that get good enough? Can you use it? Meaning, can they return it to the wife? So the get says, I by Kalanya. I, Adrulinia of Nardoi, divorced my wife so-and-so in the city of Kalania. So they go to Kalania, and they find the wife of Adrulinia of Nardoi. And she says she's divorced, but she lost her get. Can they use this get? Says the Gemara, Sholchu Avud Shmuel Avud Shmuel asked Rav is this good enough to divorce with? He says, no, you have to check all of Nardai. you got to check every house in Nardai to prove there's no true Adrulinias. What do you see? We don't know of true Adrulinias. And you have a guy of Adrulinia who was at Kalani at the time, who had a wife with the same name, and still, Abu Shmuel asked Rav Yehuda, is it good enough? And Rav Yehuda says, no, you have to check. So you see Abaya says, you see I'm right, even if statistically very improbable, not good enough. Rava responds, no. Rava feels, no, that, that's, this is good enough. So why in this case do you have to check an Arda? So Rava, I'll tell you outside, and we'll see it inside. Rava says, you actually don't have to. The truth is, you could use this get. So why did Rav Yehuda say, check all of Nardai? Because it was such an obvious answer. It was like, not a klux kacha, but it, it, was, it was a very obvious answer. And if Rav Yehuda just responded to Avud Shmuel, of course he could use it. Avud Shmuel feel bad. So Rav Yehuda said to Avud Shmuel, check all Nardai. It was like, meaning, that was his way of saying it's a good kasha, you should look into it, uh, it's probably fine. As opposed to saying what he wanted to say, which is, of course you could use it. So the reason why he told him to check all of Nardo is not because you had to actually check all of Nardo. That was his way of saying, 
It's a good kasha. You should look into it. You know, make sure there's no two adrenalinias. You look into it, but that, but you really don't have to. Rav Amar, really, you could use that get. Imisa, why? Because if you're going to check all of Nardoi. By the way, he's making a good point. What does it help to check Nardoi? If I'm worried about two Gavin Balsams from Golders Green, Golders Green? Close enough. If I'm worried about two Gavin Balsams from Golders Green, and let's say we had to find out about identity, obviously not by Gittin, but identity, and I say, check Kew Garden Hills. That's ridiculous. Why should I check Kew Garden Hills? He could travel. I should have to check the world. I mean, if you're worried about two guys, what does it help to check the town that they were in at the time? Maybe they traveled. So Rubba says, checking Nardoi makes no sense. If you're going to worry about that, then you just can't use it unless you check the whole planet. What's the answer? You don't have to check it all. He said check Nardoi to make Rabbi Yehuda Shmuel feel that it was a good child. No, but, but what does it help? If you're actually concerned there's two men who have the same name, the same wives' names, what does it help to check the city that he was in a couple months ago? Maybe he moved. Like once you're once you're going outlandish, Rava says, Imisa, if you're actually concerned the two guys that have the same name, that have the same wife's name from the same town, the same location, then you have to call Elam Yibayla. You should have to check the entire world. What's the answer? Because it's ridiculous. So why did Rav Udishmu, why did you tell Rav Udishmu, check Nardai? It was his way of making Rav Udishmu realize, hey, it's a good kasha, it's okay, check Nardai. But, but you don't have to check Nardai. It was like, ah, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, speak to, I'll speak to Rabbi Obam the next time I talk to him. Come on, it's an obvious kasha. But Rava disagrees. Now, I'll end with this. Rava said in the case of the two Yitzchak Reish Galusas, uh, the nephews of Bar- Bibi, whatever, that they, 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 he said that he died, that's good enough. Rava felt that it's fine. <clears throat> How do I know that it's fine and we're not concerned with the possibility of two Yitzchaks? So the Gemara says, <laughs> There were two loan documents in Mechuza, and it was written in them, Okay. One loan document was named Chavoy Bar Nanoi as the lender, and the other was Nanoi Bar Chavoy as the lender. Okay. Yeah. And Rava Bar used it when these people presented it. He used it. And he didn't have to prove that they were the ones who wrote it. Why? So the Gemara says. Yeah, the Gemara says, Apparently those were common names in Mechuzah. And yet, he wasn't concerned about the same people having the same exact name. What's the answer? If Gavin Balsam brings a document and it says Gavin Balsam, it's probably the same guy. <laughs> we don't, maybe, maybe you took it from a different guy who has the same name. It's just, uh, what are we doing? So over here, with the Rietzach Galusa, he also accepted it. We'll see tomorrow how Abaya responds to that.